Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome in to episode 45 of The Grid. It's the show that tried but failed to make a Threads account. I'm Gabe Myers. With me is Mike Foreman and Jeremiah Sosa. We are in the dog days of summer, but we're so close to football. We can smell it. But we're not going to start the show with football today. We're going to start with baseball. Our all-area baseball teams came out. And uh, we talked a lot of softball last week, and we kind of started the show this way. But we're going to start it again. Uh, Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you. Talk about, you know, kind of what we valued, what we looked for in our selection process as we were, you know, kind of sitting and pouring over the different the kids, the name, the numbers, all of it, what we were looking for as we were, you know, selecting these teams. Well, well, we actually, we did better with the response to baseball than we did with basketball, which I was happy with. Still could have been better. Um, what we valued the most is, uh, I think it's the same for pretty much every sport. Um, always look at uh, the success of the team, what role that player played in, you know, helping the team be successful. Uh, of course, you look at individual stats, although um, I'm very cautious about stats in baseball because, uh, you know, they, they can be misleading. Um, a player can hit 600 against teams under 500 and 200 against teams above 500, and yet he may come out with a, uh, you know, 390 average. So you have to kind of look at the competition, uh, look how far they went in the playoffs and those kind of things, and that that's what we try to do. Yeah, you talk about contribution to winning. Uh, our MVP, Ryan Peterson, contributed to winning as, as much as anybody in the area this year. You know, he was our MVP, and that was an, uh, that was an easy choice for us here. Not much time spent on that one. No, and it's like, uh, you know, Coach Bedeker pointed out to me, uh, I hadn't even thought about this until he did. Ryan Peterson did not lose a game his sophomore junior senior season that's that's just incredible i mean because you think about all those times he took the mound what can happen but uh you know that and uh, of course his last win came in the uh in the uh semifinal game and uh so yeah he was uh easy choice as the mvp uh three straight years now in the mvp and of course uh three straight state tournament appearances for the comanches uh I know they're very disappointed they didn't win a state title during that run, but uh, still pretty amazing. Yeah, another another one for us. I did not realize that about Peterson not losing a game for yeah. three straight years. That I'm hoping he brings that to Huntsville. Yeah. You know, starting this spring, gets the Bearcats. You know, I want to I want to go to a College World Series with the Bearcats. Yeah. Let's let's go. I hope to see more of that from Ryan going forward. Um, another one that wasn't. A very hard decision for us was Offensive Player of the Year because Brady Hankey just absolutely tore the cover off the ball. Yeah, he hit over 500, and uh, 
you know, in that district, that's that's a good feat because uh, well, they got a couple of good pitchers in that yeah, district. Yeah, <laughs> they, they faced uh, like we said, we they faced uh, Peterson and Shiner, and then of course uh, Drew Winsky, yes. and then you have Flatonia, you know, who had Titan Targach, our pitcher of the mm-hmm. year, and Dayton Cliff, who was also a good pitcher. So uh, Brady Hinkey had a great senior year. He's going to uh, Dodge City Community College up in Kansas. So uh, Brady, uh, you know, he deserved that that award. Yeah, I think you mentioned the pitchers, and that was really where we talked about softball last week. The catchers was where the strength was. It's like, gosh, we had to kind of keep ourselves from putting five catchers on first team because it was great. The pitchers in this, you know, in baseball this year, you got the MVP Peterson, but Titan Targotch, like you said, how many other years is Titan Targotch, you know, the front runner for player of the year with what he did this season? And, you know, he's the pitcher of the year. Brock Rod from El Campo was awesome. Drew Winsky, the number two at Shiner, was as good as any pitcher not named Ryan Peterson this year. Gage Goldman at Victoria East was outstanding. Rylan Reyna at Kennedy really led that team on a deep playoff run. Even the second team guys we have in in here. You go to the second team pitchers. Uh, hold on. I was still on the first team right there. I was about to recite all the first team uh, guys again here, but Aiden Gates at Fall City, David Perez at Bay City, Jacob Baker, Aquero, Kobe Voucher, who had an outstanding season for Hallettsville Sacred Heart. I mean, pitching is where the strength was. Right. Uh, a lot of good pitchers this year. And, uh, of course, that's what you want if you're a baseball coach. I mean, uh, you got to have that guy on the mound if you're going to be, be successful. Yeah, and I didn't even mention Colby Rosenquist or Brock Bluedow in the – you know, we kind of had them as uh, as designated players. Uh, Jeremiah, I want to I want to kind of turn it over to you now that we're uh, you know we're kind of removed from the process. Now we didn't talk about this for a couple of weeks. Was there a guy as we were you know as we were going down and selecting this that you were kind of like okay we got to get him on there at least because I don't think we had a ton of dis- we, there wasn't a ton of disagreement amongst us here as a group. Well, was there someone as we were talking where you're like okay we got to make sure this guy's first team or this this person's on there because they were you know to you they really shine this year. Yeah, well, for me, the guy that uh, stood out uh, in my mind whenever we were picking team was Brock Rod from El Campo. Uh, I think in the playoff game that I covered, he threw a, a no-hitter with 16 strikeouts. So that that's the one that really stuck with me, um, you know, when we were going over this. And uh, I think uh, – I can't remember where he's committed to, but I, I know he's going to be playing on the – Sam Houston. Yeah, Sam Houston. He's going to be with uh, <laughs> Peterson there. So, um, so, yeah, the Bearcats got some good guys from our area, but – yeah, that was one of the guys that kind of stood out to me when I was thinking about uh, you know players for the All Area team. So, <laughs> funny thing with Brock Rod because the the when they send you know the coaches send stuff in and they uh, you know they'll put different things they'll put stats or some of them will put like committed to this school or is a D one recruit or you know whatever various things. Well, they put Brock Rod at Houston State and kind of before we even got started, I'm like, okay, well he's on the first team. <laughs> uh, that wasn't a final thing. I have a. Uh, I, I recognize my bias towards the Bearcats here, but Brock Rod, like you said, 16 strikeout, no hitter, a 162 ERA this year, 95 Ks in just 51 and two thirds innings, absolutely deserving of his first team spot. For me, it was um, it was Rylan Reyna from Kennedy, having being out going covering Kennedy a couple of times. Mike, I know you covered him a couple of times as well. Um, on a team that was so young this year, not, you know, they had a great year in 2022, but they were so young in 2023. I think three freshmen were everyday starters for them. And 
Reyna was really the lone senior. He was kind of the lone voice. And he, I mean, in the locker room as a presence, but then also on the mound at the plate, he was so vital to Kennedy's success. And they were one of the last eight teams in 2A playing baseball this yeah. year. So he was kind of the guy I felt like, man, he deserves, you know, he, he does, I think, you know, his numbers were good 256 ERA, 95 strikeouts um, on the mound. I think his impact was even better than the numbers suggest. Uh, Mike, was there was there a guy for you? I mean, you go all over the place. Was there a guy for you that really stuck out that you were? We got to get him in there. Not really. Obviously, Ryan Peterson. You yeah. know that that he was the number one uh, that stuck out to me. Uh, I saw you know some other good players. I like you mentioned Kennedy. Uh, very impressive year, and uh, next year they should be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, they got to replace Reina. But they have some others. I mean, uh, you know, I think a lot of people were shocked when they beat Flatonia in that playoff series. Uh, and they got past Flatonia, and then, of course, they ran into uh, Johnson City, you know, which uh, had the good pitchers. And uh, But, um, there, you know, I'll say this, too. Um, Hallettsville, um, very young. Uh, they, they had a... Very good team. A lot yeah. of good players on that team. Um, just didn't really have one ace. You know, they had a lot of good pitchers, but not an ace. And uh, I would say right now, looking toward next year, yeah. I'm I'm looking at Hallettsville and Kennedy to see if uh, those two. Of course, Flatonia will still have Titan Targon. So uh, that those are some teams to kind of keep an eye out on. I think Hallettsville is going to be a fun one to watch. You mentioned not having an ace this year, yeah. but you know Brock Bludow kind of yeah. filled that role, and he did a good job. He might come back next year. We might not yeah. be saying, "Well, is he an ace?" Or we're saying, "Well, he's the ace." Yeah. He's he he might be because he's only a sophomore, uh -huh. and he had to kind of shoulder that responsibility this year. And he did a he did a very good job in that role. Two two uh, two twenty seven ERA this year. Um, but I, I'm with you on Hallettsville. We talked about kind of back end of the season, into the playoffs, how confident they were playing, how well they were playing. Uh, Corpus Christi London, who actually Blake Mitchell from over there just got drafted number eight overall. Uh, they lost to them in a close, you know, playoff game. Um, but Hallisville, they played so confident at the end of the year. I think that carries over into next season with a group that's, uh, that's largely the same. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna go uh, throw it over to a message from White Trash Services, and we're gonna be back with some talks from UIL Coaching School. Our man Mike was there uh, was there in Houston this week, and he's got uh, he's got some stuff he wants to talk about. So we'll be right back. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ White Trash Services. What is it, and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. 
And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. And we are back with episode 45 of The Grid. And, uh, Mike, you were at UIL coaching school earlier this week in Houston, and I saw some videos. I have some friends who are coaches. That looked like a heck of a time out there in Houston. Tell us uh, tell us what some of your takeaways were. Well, of course, uh, you know, the coaching association, uh, they, they always bring in a lot of college coaches because they like to network. And that was very interesting to hear people like uh, Joey McGuire speak. Uh, it's easy to see why, why he is so successful. I mean, the way he uh, approaches things. A lot of other coaches, Steve Sarkeesian was there. Um, Mac Brown even showed up from North Carolina. That was very interesting. But uh, the main thing we kind of go up there for is the uh, UIL uh, press conference and. Uh, this year, a big topic, and uh, it's one uh, a very great concern to coaches around the uh, state is uh, vouchers and school choice. Um, the public school coaches are very concerned about this because um, that what makes Texas high school football so unique is that students must attend schools in their attendance zone and coaches must teach at their schools. And that kind of is a unique thing. Uh, not very many other states have that. If you look around at, uh, for instance, Louisiana, you know, your private schools there are your powerhouses. Even in California, um, you know, you have private schools. What their concern is that if vouchers are seen, then you're going to have, um, basically, uh, you're going to have bidding wars. And uh, a lot of schools are going to, one way or another, uh, get good athletes to attend their school. The other issue is the NIL, the name, image, likeness, which, of course, is now on the college level. And it actually, my understanding is there's about 24 states that have it already on the high school level. I mean, it, it's something that's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's, it's coming. To, it's not here in Texas yet, but it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming, and that was the other issue that they touched on. Uh, the UIL basically said that they can't do anything till the legislature does something. And um, I think what, the, what their, their thought was that the legislature is taking its time so it can kind of look around and see what's happening in other states. So when they do come up with an NIL proposal, it's something that is workable and equitable. Um, but those, I think, were the main two topics, even though, you know, they, they touched on uh, we're coming into a realignment year. And uh, come February, realignment's going to happen. They did say there will be no 7A. So we're looking at 1A through 6A, basically the same thing. Um, I'm sure there'll be some changes, but uh, the the main thing, like I said, that everybody's concerned about is uh, vouchers and NIL. 
Yeah, the N- the NIL is something that's coming. I actually kind of like the approach right now with the legislature of just uh, let's see what happens because we don't know. It's like anything else that's new. We don't know what the pitfalls are going to be. We don't know. You know, we don't. You know, we have an idea what we think the benefits and the cons will be, but we don't really know. So, kind of watching it play out in other states is going to give us a better understanding of what to look for when it when it inevitably hits over here. Yeah, well, I think one of the good examples, like uh, Jamie Harrison, the uh, he I believe is the assistant uh, in, director of the UIL, pointed out. He said he's already they've already had calls from booster clubs. Mm-hmm wanting to form a collective that's how you do it in college you form a collective therefore giving money instead of giving money for uniforms and stuff like that it'd be money to attract players to come to that school in other words we're going to give this guy however they do it and so you look let's be honest a school like austin westlake or South Lake Carroll. I mean, there's money at those schools. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's to stop them from buying the best players? In well, the state? I think about like Highland Park and, yeah. you know, in the Dallas area. And they've won, they're one that, you know, in the last decade, they, I mean, they were never a bad program, but yeah. the last decade, they've become one of the very best in the state. And yeah. now they have a chance to even escalate on. Yeah, on I that. mean, so, uh, yeah, it's something that, uh, and, you know, they pointed out a, Example of people always like to use uh, uh, Ewers from UT, the yeah. quarterback. He got a million dollars from Ohio State, and he, I think he took what one or two snaps. Yeah, and now he's at UT. Well, the UIL said that actually Ewers' parents approached them about um, whether he could take the money or maybe take agreed in the money, but not get it until after he graduated or something mm-hmm. and i for some reason that didn't work out obviously but that was something they looked at like possibly a college giving someone the money but it's delayed until you right. graduate or something well that, that's something they talked about in the ncaa for a while where it was uh, okay well the kids can you know basically nil but it, it, the money goes to a trust and they yeah. don't get the trust until they graduate or leave or whatever the situation was and the ncaa you know kind of shot down that idea for years and i think the uil you know nil's coming so i think oh, the uil yeah. is like we're not gonna mess with any of yeah. which they i mean they they're they not can. money they can't yeah. because they have to follow what the legislature right. says so they're uh, bound by state law yeah that's yeah. that's the bottom line and i i just think and as far as i'm concerned i mean i'm i'm all for nil on the college level i think those uh those athletes should be compensated i mean they they brought revenue to colleges for how long and uh you know with a transfer portal I think the uh, now I, I noticed there was some congressional legislation proposed, which we, we sorely need because there's got to be some kind of, you know, rules and regulations like this is acceptable, this is not acceptable. And um, if, if they could ever iron that out, then you could have an equitable system to where everybody kind of has the same opportunities. Yeah, well, what's happening right now is you see a lot of um – 
you, you see players kind of get recruited during the year. You know, maybe kid comes in four-star, five-star recruits, third on the depth chart because he's, you know, just find yeah. a couple other really good players. Well, now, he, you know, if he's at Gabe University in his third string, Mike and Jeremiah University <laughs> might start recruiting him and, you know, hey, come over here. You'd be playing over here. And you start to see a lot of that, and that's what – it has some people, and I know coaches hate it, you know, mm. but that's that's kind of the reality of what we're in right now. I'm curious, and again, you talk about pitfalls, what mm. different things could be there with NIL and the transfer portal and stuff like that. You just don't know what's going to kind of what the monster is going to become because you mentioned these collectives and yeah. the voucher, and the vouchers are kind of tied to all this because the kids can just go wherever they want to go to school. Well, well, yeah, they, there's a bill, I believe there was a bill that, to disallow kids to basically transfer to wherever they want. Right. Um, I think a lot of this started with uh, Sam Marcus, if you mm. remember what happened over there last year where the kids were declared ineligible and they were actually originally prohibited from uh, postseason. Mm -hmm. But I think they reversed that, allowed them in the postseason last year, but they're not allowed in this year. So oh, wow. it's, uh, that, that a lot of that started from that and uh, – yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens. I mean, uh, you know, the, this is going to be a very interesting next couple of months. Yeah, I know in, in New Mexico, actually, in the in the community that I covered sports in, in New Mexico, there were two high schools. And, of course, you know, you could live across the street from somebody, but y'all are going to different schools, essentially. And it was by the time you were in middle school, so sixth grade, wherever you live like that's where you were tied to and if you tried to go elsewhere mm -hmm. it was if you tried to go to the other school it was um you know you're out for a year uh -huh. like which is the same you know uil has a similar Transfer. kind of policy there um but i'm curious i'm curious to see what comes now if you move to santa fe or albuquerque or what you know if your family you know yeah. mom dad get a new job you move um but that, i'm very curious to see what because again, it's going to become open season with like high school. Oh, okay, that you know, Victoria East got a great quarterback. At once we got a great offensive line, receivers. Maybe we need a quarterback. Let's go get the kid from East. I mean, that's kind of where you know, that's kind of where we could be heading. I'm curious to see what gets done, but that uh, again, coaching school. I got to go. I got to go to that next year. That looked like a, that looked like a blast up there. Um, we're going to hear this message from Thrivent Financial, and then we're going to talk about a uh, talk about an event we went to this weekend that uh, that really opened our eyes here. Mixed martial arts. Uh, we'll be back with more. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of the Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we are back with episode 45 of The Grid. And uh, we're going to talk in this last segment here. We're going to talk about Tapper Scrap MMA. Uh, so... Kind of amateur mixed martial arts, boxing promotions, or, uh, you know, you can kind of find them all over the place, not just in Texas, but really all over the country. Um, but there's one that started, you know, recently within the last, uh, it started last summer, uh, Tapper Scrap MMA run by a guy named Peter Morales, born in Calhoun County. He's lived in Victoria now for the last 20 plus years. Um, he's put on six events in the last 13 months. 
he's uh, I, you know, they had an event this past weekend at the Victoria Community Center. Uh, it was their, you know, it was Tapper Scrap Six. Uh, they had a couple local fighters on the card. Johnny Martinez from Victoria was the headliner. And it was, you know, Jeremiah and I were talking about this last week kind of in the office, and I was going to go out there and cover it. And again, like amateur MMA stuff, you just you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what the quality of fighters is going to be, what the production is going to be, what, you know, kind of what any of it's going to be. But they had, like, I would say dang near 1,500 people, if not more, in, you know, packed into the community center there. The You know, they had multiple production people working to get video on top of the octagon of the fights. I got some awesome video you can see on our website of a guy right in front of me just kind of getting punched in the face right there. But the level of competition, the fights, the production, all of it, it was outstanding. And, it, you know, talking to Peter, you know, the night after the fights and I talked to him again earlier this week, kind of once everything, you know, the blood stopped pumping and everybody was kind of relaxed a little bit. It seems like there might, I don't know. It seems like there might be an untapped market for this here, you know, in the, in Victoria here in South central Texas of people seem to enjoy them. So they got 1500 people in there on a Friday night. Is this something that you think has some legs to it in the, kind of in in the area to you know become bigger than what it is right now they've only been around for a year basically yeah well i think uh you know just looking at how popular mma has been on the national level you know with the ufc i think you know how much it's grown over you know the past few years it's obvious that it's it's bound to make its way here to victoria um you know whether people watch it uh, you know the ufc pay-per-view events um or you know they go to local events like like uh like Gable's talking about right now, I think it just shows, uh, you know, how popular the sport has been getting. And uh, like Gabe was saying, the market that it has here. And, you know, with fighters, like like Gabe said, the fighter that we have here, I think it, it gives people another reason to root for the sport and for, you know, the, the fighters that come out of here. So I think it's definitely a sport that's growing, uh, you know, not just nationally, but here in Victoria, too. And I'll tell you, so the, the Johnny Mar- Martinez, a local guy, he ended up losing. He ended up losing his main event fight, but he had like a cheering section of like a hundred people, and they all had like the, you know, there there was like baby blue like team shirts, like rooting for him. It was it was really in, it was really interesting to me because I was not expecting the level of energy and then the quality of competition that you know that was on display there. And it you know you think like, okay, local you know local amateur MMA, you're not. My expectations going into it were not a lot, but I was completely blown away. And now I'm just like, man, next time they're back in town or back in the area. He mentioned he's got events in Floresville lined up later in the year. He wants to go back to Calhoun. Uh, that's where their first event was 13 months ago, but he wants to go back to Calhoun because that's where he was born. Wants to keep, you know, putting on events in Victoria. But now I'm here like, man, whenever they're back in, whenever they're back in town, I want to be there. It's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like it was worth mentioning here on the show with, you know, we we joke this is the, uh, you know, the dog days of, you know, this job, the dog days of sports. There's not, we don't got the high school sports going on, but I was blown away by my experience at Tapper Scrap last weekend. Um, that's going to wrap up this week's show, episode 45 of The Grid. Next week when we do the show, we will be mere days away from football camp opening, volleyball practicing volleyball practice starting as well we have some local sports action coming up really excited about that check out our website for more sports content and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the grid